Welcome to this sample audio clip, which comes from the conversation series featuring multi-hull pioneer Jim Brown. This segment comes from an interview that Jim conducted with sailor and designer John Marples. To find out more about this historic multi-hull oriented audio series, please visit us at www.outrigmedia.com. John, hey, it's Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> hey, here we are on the phone with a slightly crackly connection from my end, but I think we can continue um, because uh, last time I spoke with Joe Farinaccio, um, we, we had quite a discussion about what I consider to be the, uh, uh, the pros and cons between catamaran and trimaran. It's a it's a thing I've been calling for a long time, cat crazy, and I think I got it from you. <laughs> yep, very possibly. I've been saying that for um, for a couple of decades already. And um, and then uh, you and I have uh, had a couple of private conversations recently that relate to uh, much more technically than than I got into it with Joe is uh, is. Um, the, uh, the the dynamics of multi-hulls from the standpoint of an engineer, which you are and I'm not. Um, both of us are sailors, and I'm sure we'll have something to say about the sailing as we get down to the uh, to the end of this. But uh, let let's go into the dynamics by first of all trying to uh, to define or to uh, to separate the three types of multi-hull configurations, the three basic. Uh, uh, multi-hulls that were given to us by the ancient people of the Pacific uh, going back maybe 3,000 years ago. Today we call them what? Yeah. Well, the first one is the proa, and that's a two-way uh, boat that goes either either way uh, with the ama to windward. And then there's the catamaran, and then there's the trimaran, which are well understood. And there's another one in there, um, the single outrigger, which only goes one way that, that carries its outrigger either to leeward or to, to, to weather, depending on which way it's going. That's a little less understood and probably uh, weird enough that, that um, probably doesn't deserve any discussion at this point. Well, I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of them around, uh, particularly uh, the old Malibu outriggers. No, yeah, that's right. They were yep. so-called tacking proas, really a single outrigger configuration. As I understand it, proa refers only to a boat that shunts, that sails either with a bow at, e at, at both ends, you know, and it can go either way. And... Uh, and, th and then uh, this, this tacking proa thing is something that I hadn't really separated out as a separate configuration, but I see what you mean. It is. Yeah, it's sort of halfway between the proa and the cat, um, and it has uh, some advantages and some dis disadvantages, just like the proa. But um, the main discussion, I think, um, that, uh, the, that the public... Um, has these days is uh, is about catamarans and trimarans because those are the two really 
strongly identifiable hull forms that we're seeing uh, a lot of now. Sure are. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking to Chris White and uh, figured that uh, probably in the last Anna Annapolis boat show there must have been at least 25% of the boats exhibited were multi-hulls. Yeah, and most most of those in the larger sizes were cats, and in the smaller sizes, um, they might be evenly distributed between cats and tries. What do you think? Yeah, about about even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The trimarans have been very successful in small boats. In fact, uh, I've often said that I think the trimaran configuration is is uh, far better than the catamaran up to. Uh, a threshold size, and that threshold is, uh, I think, somewhere in the mid-40s to 50 feet sort of range, after which the, the catamaran um, shows some significant advantages. Well, I think, I think 50 feet for a catamaran is good, but 60 is better, in my opinion. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> because uh, the size of the human being doesn't change. But the boat gets bigger, and so catamarans can avoid that that top hamper, as we call it, the the, the high superstructures, uh, as Joe Hudson calls it, the school bus effect. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was evident on some of the earlier um, Troy boats, and in particular, I thought, um, you know. Um, Sea Smoke, uh, which was a 58-foot early Choi catamaran, had a particularly tall cabin on it because it was built for Jim Arness, and he was something like, what, 6'7 or something like that tall, and so it had a particularly high cabin, and it showed um, that even at uh, 58 feet, um, that, that school bus effect was still apparent if it was, t if it was taken to extreme. Uh, yeah, uh, John, I guess I, I better insert here something I forgot to mention as we opened this discussion. I just heard that Rudy Choi died last night. Oh, that's a shame. Here's the old Woody uh, uh, and Rudy. The, the yeah. two of them were real pioneers in the multi-hull game. And, uh, and I'm afraid that Rudy was, uh, was really out of it, uh, not recognizing anyone or anything for the past several years. So in a way, it's a great relief to his son, Barry. But boy, that really is the end of a very vital chapter in multi-hull history. Yeah, he certainly did uh, lay the groundwork for, uh, for a lot of the modern catamaran design, and there's still a lot of his boats around. Know, they're they're going to live on for a long time. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Let's mark it as uh, as September thirteenth, uh, twenty eleven. The, uh, the 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 Rudy Choi uh, story is is over. But uh, in my view, he he <laughs> you know he sails on. Yeah. All of the all of the multi hulls afloat now and forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, re he really was a pioneer. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about, you know, the differences between cats and tries. And the thing that strikes me most, um, even in those old boats of his, of Rudy's, um, when you put a trimaran and a catamaran side by side in the harbor, the thing that you notice first, if it's a, if it's a, a, a boat of significant size, is that the catamaran always seems a lot bigger, and that is 
really true of any of the French cats or the you know South uh, African cats that are being built today. Right. Yeah, they are. They're monster boats. Yeah. Uh huh. And I think that leads us to a, a lot of uh, implications in the sailing dynamics because um, you can see intuitively that the center of gravity of those uh, larger catamarans is much higher up than the uh, center of gravity of the trimaran of the same size. Even if it's a clunky old piver, um, yeah. the, the clunky old pivers even look pretty low and sleek compared to some of these newer, newer boats. Well, uh, I, I guess the uh, the reason is that in the trimaran you can stand in the middle, uh, down deep with your feet even below the waterline, whereas in the catamaran where you stand, your feet are already well above the waterline, and the housetop has to express that. But the yeah. other thing I notice when you see a cat and a tri of equal length side by side at least if they're, they're modern versions, is that the trimaran is wider. Not only is the catamaran higher, bigger, but the trimaran is wider, and that also speaks to stability. Yeah, yeah it certainly does. The, the thing that um, is, is most striking to me in, in the uh, difference between the two is that the catamaran, if it's got accommodations down in the hulls, um, those accommodations are within just a few feet of where the boat is tied up at the dock, and they need standing headroom. And because the hulls are shallow to begin with, it means that the top sides have to be quite tall in order to accommodate people down below standing, you know, within an arm's reach of the dock. Where oh, uh, that like explains say, the uh, that explains the additional sheer height. Thanks for listening. For more like this, or to obtain the complete audio conversation, come visit us on the web at www.outrigmedia.com.